of the Cover Zero podcast. I'm your host, Jason Wells, and today I will be continuing my division breakdowns with the AFC West and the NFC West. After that, I will be giving my top five how the hell are these guys still free agent list. Football is back. It was just the preseason, but goddamn was it nice to actually see some NFL football again. Uh, I guess a few notes from preseason. Uh, the Eagles looked really good against the Jets. The rookies, N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis, both looked very good uh, in that same game. Zach Wilson did not look very good. The Jets didn't look very good. Zach Wilson ended up getting hurt. He should be back the first month of the season, so that's very good for him. Um, another injury happened. The Browns starting center... Nick Harris ended up getting hurt, and he looks like he's out for the season. Uh, punt god Matt Areza had an 82-yard punt in his preseason debut. And yeah, I mean, those are kind of the notable things that happened in preseason anyways. One other note to add, uh, it looks like Alvin Kamara won't be suspended for this season, and it'll happen next year. So that's good for the Saints' overall outlook, also from a fantasy perspective. Alvin Kamara is looking really good. And with that being said, let's get right into the divisional previews. I'm going to change things up a bit. Let's start with the NFC instead. And let's start with the Seahawks. So uh, the Seahawks notable additions were Noah Fant and uh, Ichena Nwosu. And they lost Dwayne Brown, Gerald Everett, Bobby Wagner, DJ Reed, and of course, Russell Wilson. And I guess we'll just get right into it with Russell Wilson. Um, I don't really understand that trade whatsoever from a Seahawks perspective. Um, to me, you don't trade away franchise quarterbacks. And Russ is not only a franchise quarterback, he is a superstar quarterback. If ownership was trying to decide between Russell Wilson and... Pete Carroll and John Schneider, it should have been an easy choice. It should have been Russ 10 out of 10. I think that Pete Carroll and John Schneider, they're riding the coattails of that Legion of Boom, those early draft classes that they had together where they built that team. Because they haven't done much since. And I guess, fortunately, they looks like they finally had a good draft, at least on paper anyways, because the last few years, holy crap, have they been bad at it. Um, they drafted Charles Cross, who, yep, they needed help on the offensive line. Boye Mafe, who's going to start for them on edge, who he has a lot, he has a very high ceiling. Uh, Kenneth Walker at running back, who was a Heisman candidate at Michigan State. And then they, and they also drafted Kobe Bryant and Tariq Woolen, who, yeah, they're both, I mean, they were mid-round picks, but they have the potential to be pretty good corners. They might start for them this year, which I don't know what that says about the Seahawks roster in general. I mean, I think it says it's not very good. But I don't believe in the Seahawks whatsoever. I mean, their quarterbacks are Geno Smith and Drew Locke right now. I don't care what you put around that. That offense will not be good. And I don't think Pete Carroll is a offensive guru to actually be able to figure something out. 
He's going to do very Pete Carroll basic things and going to run the football and that's about it. I mean, that's what he tried to do with Russ. And thank God Russ was Russ because he made that offense work. But I don't see Geno Smith and Drew Locke doing that. Yeah, my expectations for the Seahawks, um, they're going to have a top 10 pick. They're one of the worst teams in the league, in my opinion. Um, Again, I don't believe in Pete Carroll. I think this is going to really show this team's flaws. Um, They're going to really have to rely on Kenneth Walker and Penny, or else... Yeah, I just... An offensive Geno Smith or, or... Drew Locke at quarterback, I just don't see it happening. So that's why I think the Seattle Seahawks will be easily picking in the top 10 next year. Next up, let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals. So the notable additions for the Cardinals this offseason was they traded for Hollywood Brown. I think that's going to be pretty big for Kyler. It gives him another good wide receiver again, as I've said with the Ravens stuff. I like Hollywood Brown. I think he's a good receiver. I don't think he's a wide receiver one. But him and Kyler have that connection dating back from Oklahoma. So that's good. Um, They lost Christian Kirk. They lost Chase Edmonds. And they lost Chandler Jones. So I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach. If you listen to the Hot Takes episode, you know this. I think there's a decent chance Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Keim are both going to be gone at the end of this season. Uh, luckily, they did sign Kyler Murray to a contract, so he's there at least long term. Uh, the DeAndre Hopkins suspension, I think that hurts them a ton. Uh, luckily, they did trade for Hollywood, but for the first six weeks of the season, they have Hollywood and Rondale Moore as their wide receiver one and two with Zach Ertz, which isn't bad, but I don't think, again, the Cardinals usually start hot, so they could prove me wrong, but I think that defense, that defense, it's not good. That defensive line, if they lose J.J. Watt, which I love J.J. Watt, but he's been hurt every season for the last, I don't know, probably four, five years maybe, and If he gets hurt on that defensive line, that defensive line is not very good whatsoever. They have Buda Baker in that secondary. Uh, Isaiah Simmons still hasn't really lived up to his potential. I still like him a lot, but that defense is asking for a lot. Uh, I think the question for the Cardinals is, will they stay afloat enough that first six games of the season before Hopkins comes back, before they all eventually crumble? And... Will that defense do enough to not get blown out? Because I don't think that they will. So my expectations for the Cardinals, I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. Uh, I just don't see it from them. I don't think that defense is very good. Again, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach. I think he has a lot of flaws. And I think this roster has a lot of flaws. I think Steve Kimes has been trying to patch it up to make it work to push for that Super Bowl and he's failed so yeah I Cardinals outside looking in not making the playoffs this year next up let's talk about the LA Rams so the notable additions for the Rams this offseason were Allen Robinson Bobby Wagner and Troy Hill I really like Allen Robinson a lot still I think he's on that same level of wide receiver as an OBJ 
I don't know if that makes me an OBJ hater or not, or I just believe in Allen Robinson. I guess we'll see. Uh, they got Bobby Wagner, who... Bobby Wagner's lost a bit of a step at this point. He's still very good, and I mean, he's going to be the veteran leadership presence that Vaughn Miller, I guess, left from the team. And then before I get into the losses, uh, they also added Troy Hill, who he replaces another loss of Darius Williams. So I mentioned Vaughn Miller. I just mentioned Darius Williams. That's two of the losses. Oh, and I guess I also mentioned OBJ. So there's three. And on top of those three, they also lost Andrew Whitworth, Sony Michelle, Austin Corbett, Robert Woods, who I also mentioned again. And yep, that's it. Sorry, my list was out of order. But yeah, that's a lot of roster turnover. They lost two wide receivers. They replaced, they got one replacement. They lost Von Miller, who you can't really replace Von Miller. Uh, they lost two starters on that offensive line, and they lost Sony Michelle, but they do have Cam Akers coming back from his Achilles, who like he was in the playoffs last year, but now he's fully healthy, and they have Daryl Henderson, who's was good for them. And of course, they replaced Darius Williams with Troy Hill. That's a lot of roster to- turnover in one year, in one offseason. I think the Rams are still going to be a very good team, but I just don't see them as serious contenders this year. I know there's been talks of Matt Stafford having, I think, like tendonitis in his elbow. I'm not sure how much to buy into that, but that's just kind of another reason why I'm a little bit iffy on the Rams. I think Cup and Allen Robinson are going to be a very good duo, but... They, losing your starting left tackle and a starting guard and not really replacing them, I think that's huge, and I don't think enough people are really talking about that. Yeah, so my expectations for the Rams, uh, I think they're going to make the playoffs as a wild card team. Uh, yeah, I just don't see it from them. The NFC, they're still a good team, don't get me wrong, but eh, I just don't, I don't see it. I think that offensive line will hurt them when it matters, and I think the defense isn't as strong, and I think the big reason for that Super Bowl was the addition of Vaughn Miller, and I think Darius Williams is a better corner than Troy Hill, so I think they downgraded. Yeah, they got Bobby Wagner, but I take Vaughn Miller an edge over a middle linebacker in Bobby Wagner any day of the week. So yeah, Rams... They'll make the playoffs, wild card, but I'm not expecting much from them this year. I don't think they're true contenders. And last but not least, let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers. So the notable additions for the Niners, um, they didn't really do much this offseason, if we're being honest. They only lost players. Uh, And their losses were Raheem Mostert, Lakin Tomlinson, Alex Mack, and DJ Jones. Uh, the two notable losses there are two starters on that offensive line in Lakin Tomlinson and Alex Mack, who were very good starters for that team. They lost Mostert, but I mean, the Niners always have a bunch of running backs, so doesn't really matter at the end of the day. And DJ Jones, who was a good, good rotational defensive line piece for them, and he's gone now too. With all that being said, I think the Niners are going to win this division. I am a huge Trey Lance believer. I think that he is supremely talented. I 
God, when he was coming out, I think he's a Josh Allen, but more mobile and elusive, which is nuts. Um, the sky's the limit on his potential. And I think having him as a quarterback instead of Jimmy G, who was very limited, I think having a coach in Kyle Shanahan who will... It's gonna the offense is gonna look completely different from what it did last year. I think that yeah, they'll still use Debo as that gadget type of player, but the offense is gonna look. They're gonna have so many designed run plays with Trey Lance. They're gonna be able to throw the ball eighty yards down the field with him too. I can't wait to see what the Niners do. That defense is still very good. I mean, God, I tell, I mean, hi Cameron. I tell you this every year. I don't think your secondary is very good, but it never matters because the Niners front seven is that fucking good. Um, yeah. So as you can tell, I really like the Niners this year. The one big question I do have for the Niners is that offensive line. They did lose Mack and Tomlinson, as I mentioned before, So it's a bit of a question mark. They still have Trent Williams and they still have Mike McGlinchey's manning the tackles. But in the middle, bit of a question mark. So I guess we'll see what happens there. Uh, My expectations for the Niners, though, they're a Super Bowl contender. They're one of my favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. I have them actually making it to the Super Bowl this year. So, yeah, that's my expectations for the Niners. They're going to be in the Super Bowl this year. Does that mean they'll win? Probably not, because they always choke because of Kyle Shanahan. Now let's move over to the AFC West, and I'll start with the Las Vegas Raiders. So the notable additions for the Raiders this offseason, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, Rocky Sin, and they also hired Josh McDaniels to be their new head coach. Um, I'll get into the additions in a bit, because that's obviously the big overlining story for the Raiders this offseason. Um, the notable losses for them, uh, they lost Yannick Ngakwe, they lost Casey Hayward, uh, Richie Incognito retired, and they lost their fullback in Alec Ingold, who is now a Miami Dolphin. Thank you very much, Raiders. So yeah, no one can say that the Raiders had a boring offseason. God, did they make a splash. They traded for Devontae Adams, him and Derek Carr, back together again. They were teammates at... Fresno State, I believe, and they're best friends. They're back together. Uh, They signed Chandler Jones from Arizona, so now they have Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on that defensive line. That's scary. Rocky Sin at corner next to Trayvon Mullen. It's a pretty good corner duo. Um, And Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels is getting his second chance to be a head coach. Uh, It did not go well his first time in Denver. He went back to New England where he continued to ride Tom Brady's coattails, essentially. I'm going to give Josh McDaniels a fair shot. I mean, if he fucks this up with Derek Carr at quarterback, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs is still a pretty good running back, then the... Pat's or Bill Belichick's coaching tree is bad and it already is bad but if Josh McDaniels flames out again oh that is bad bad now I do like the Raiders offense a ton I have a lot of questions about this offensive line 
I think it is not very good, and it's going to hold back this Raiders offense, unfortunately. There's only so much quick passing you can do, but there's not a lot of capable starters on this offensive line, and I think it's a big question mark for the Raiders. The defense also is kind of suspect. They have the names. They have Max Crosby. They have Chandler Jones. They signed Rocky Sin. Uh, they have Traylon, Trayvon Mullen, who needs to come back from injury. They have Jonathan Abram and Trayvon Morig at safety, who Jonathan Abram's a question mark slash liability at this point in his career and didn't really get to see a lot of Morig last year. I think he was pretty good, but again, it's a question mark. Uh, I think the defense will be average, but I don't think that the Max Crosby-Chandler-Jones duo is that highly touted. I think Chandler-Jones definitely took a step back last year. Now, him being the second edge rusher on this Raiders team, that bodes very well for them. But again, I have questions about the defense. So my overall expectations for the Raiders... uh, They play in the hardest division in football. They're going to come last in that division, unfortunately. And it's not because they have a bad team and a bad roster. It's just because the other three teams are that much better. Um, I have the Raiders not making the playoffs and they'll be on the outside looking in because they play in a tough as hell division, unfortunately. Next up, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, The notable additions for the Chiefs this offseason were they got... Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Ronald Jones, and Justin Reed. None of these names really too flashy other than Justin Reed. Hopefully Justin Reed finds his form again uh, back for the Chiefs. I think Justin Reed it might be an upgrade over Tyron Matthew, who they lost this offseason. And as well with Tyron Matthew, they traded away Tyree Kill and they lost... Melvin Ingram as well. So I guess let's get into the Tyreek trade. So they traded Tyreek Hill away, and I think that was the right move for the Chiefs. I don't the Chiefs don't have the luxury of paying everyone. And I think that they felt that wide receiver is an expendable position for them. I think they have Travis Kelsey, who they're very comfortable with being Mahomes' number one target. And this trade allowed them to get younger, have more young, talented rookie contracts so they can play with the cap more, cap more. Because that's what happens when you pay a quarterback. You have to find creative ways to play with the cap and you can't sign everyone, unfortunately. So luckily for the Dolphins, they got Tyreek Hill. But I think the trade ended up working out well pretty well for the Chiefs. The Chiefs ended up drafting pretty well. They drafted Trent McDuffie, who... Should start for them at corner. They drafted George Karlaftis, who, again, should start for them on the edge opposite Frank Clark, who's looking like a brand new Frank Clark, which I know that's a huge training camp trope, but we'll see if it's true. I like Frank Clark. Hopefully he is still good for the Chiefs because they'll definitely need him to be. With all that being said, the Chiefs are going to be fine. They still have Pat Mahomes, who is... Patrick fucking Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the league. Uh, He'll still be throwing to Travis Kelsey. And like I mentioned, they signed Juju, who I think Juju 
is a low-key, really good signing for them. I think he's still... He's not a wide receiver one, but he's a very high-end wide receiver two. And him, he's going to be the second option to Travis Kelsey. So I think that he'll be good. I don't think the offense will be as electric, but I think that they're going to be just fine. With the Tyreek trade, though, they were able to load up on younger defensive players. So the Chiefs need these rookies to pan out and to be good right away for that trade to look good for them. Uh, I think that the defense does look pretty promising, but they need McDuffie and they need Karlaftis to perform in order for that defense to be pretty good. With the offense not being as electric it's been in the past, that defense will need to step up so they can be a more well-rounded team instead of the offense just carrying them constantly. So my expectations for the Chiefs, of course they're going to be a playoff team, it's hard not to call them Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, no, I can't not call them Super Bowl contenders. They are Super Bowl contenders. I, I don't have them in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl this year, but I don't think you can look at that team with Patrick Mahomes and be, he can't be a contender. Patrick Mahomes can lead any team and they'll still be great. So... Chiefs Super Bowl contenders, I don't really see it this year, but they're contenders. Next up, let's go back to LA for the city's second favorite team, the Los Angeles Chargers. So the notable additions for the Chargers, they have quite a bit. Uh, They added Khalil Mack, they added JC Jackson, they added Gerald Everett, they added Bryce Callahan, and they added Kyle Van Noy. Uh, The notable losses, they lost Brian Balaga and they lost Jared Cook. So this team has so much damn potential. The offense was already very, very good. So that's fine. They added Gerald Everett, who I think is probably an upgrade over Jared Cook. So that's pretty good. But other than that, the offense remains unchanged. Uh, They they drafted Zion Johnson, I should say, and he's been looking good and he's going to start for them. So that's an upgrade at one of the guard spots. But the real talk about the Chargers is about this defense. Khalil Mack as the second edge option for them. Holy shit, is that good. Hopefully him and Joey Bosa can both stay healthy. And they got JC Jackson to be that number one corner for them. This Brandon Staley has no excuses. I think they were the 29th best defense last year. And he's a defensive head coach. And that team had playmakers on defense last year with Bosa, with Derwin James, and... That defense was laughably bad. Uh, Like I mentioned, yeah, team, so much potential. The offense was already good. And if Brandon Staley isn't an idiot, which jury's still out on that, that defense should be also very, very, very good. With all that being said, the Chargers are the Chargers and they are cursed. Happens every year. Freak injuries, freak plays, Things that don't make sense, but they always get heartbroken in the end. So, yep, Chargers, tons of potential, tons of potential, but something always happens, and it sucks to say. I mean, it's kind of funny to watch, objectively, but it must suck if you're an actual Chargers fan. 
Uh, with the kidding aside, I think Justin Herbert does have a good chance to be an MVP candidate this year. I think the Chargers are going to be a very good team, and that helps. I think his numbers are already going to be very good. So I think there's a decent chance where he will be in the top three voting for MVP this year. Sad to say anyways. Uh, my overall expectations for the Chargers, I think they're going to be in that AFC Championship game. Uh, I'm buying into the hype. I believe in the Chargers. I Again, the offense has already proven what they can do. It's just that defense, but I don't see how a defensive coach can add Khalil Mack, can add J.C. Jackson, and then on top of, fuck, I didn't even really talk about that, Bryce Callahan, who's going to play slot corner for them, and Kyle Van Noy, who I think Kyle Van Noy is a very boomer bust player when he's on the field, but he's pretty good. Like, he's, he's fine. So, yeah, Chargers, they'll make the AFC Championship game. And last but not least, we have the Denver Broncos. So the notable additions for the Broncos this offseason were Randy Gregory, DJ Jones, an entire new coaching staff, and of course, Russell Wilson. Uh, the notable losses for them, Noah Fant, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan. So, yeah, I've already talked about Russell Wilson with the Seahawks, but now I get to talk with him on the Broncos. I think this is the best offensive line Russell Wilson has ever played behind, and he gets to throw to Cortland, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Albert O, who I think is going to be very good, and KJ Hamler still there. This is a good offense. I think Russell Wilson is the QB that the Broncos have been waiting for since basically Peyton Manning. Uh, and again, they traded for a superstar vet quarterback and... Hey, maybe they get a new uh, another Super Bowl from it. Jared Hackett from Green Bay, who I think he should be good. I mean, look at that offense. I mean, if you're an offensive guy, you should be able to be completely fine with those guys around you. And I think the Broncos' defense is still very good. Like, they added Randy Gregory, and they already have Bradley Chubb. That's a very solid two edge rushers. Bradley Chubb needs to stay healthy, however, so hopefully hope he can do that this year. Uh, they added DJ Jones along the interior, which is huge, and they have Pat Sertain, and they have Justin Simmons in that secondary. That defense is going to be just fine. That defense has been good the last couple seasons. Hell, the offense has even been good. Oh my god, I didn't even talk about. They have Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon at running back. They're The Broncos are good. I think a lot of people are undervaluing the Broncos, and I don't know why. This roster has been very good. They've All they've needed is a quarterback, and all of a sudden they add Russell Wilson. And some people don't think the Broncos are even going to make the playoffs. What are we talking about, people? So if you couldn't tell, I have the Broncos to win this division. I think it's going to be tough as hell, but they're just my pick. With that being said, though... As you just heard with the Chargers, I have the Chargers in the AFC Championship game. So, oh, do they play the Broncos since the Broncos won the division and they're the better team? No, I think the Broncos are going to lose in the divisional game. But it's my playoffs. It's I can do what I want with it. It's how I see fit. But yeah, I have the Broncos winning this division. I definitely think that they're Super Bowl contenders now, especially with Russ. And to cap this episode off, let's go over my top five why the hell are these guys still free agent list? Let's start the list at number five. 
Indomitian Sue, one of the dirtiest players to ever play in the NFL. Why the hell is he still a free agent? He had six sacks last year. He's still a force. Would I start him on my team? No. Does he deserve to be a rotational piece? Oh, of course. He started 17 games for the Bucks last year. He's still a contributor. If you put him in a defensive line rotation, yeah, I would take him on my team all the time. Now, I don't know what he's holding out for. I don't know if he is holding out. Uh, maybe it's the money. Maybe he wants more money than what he feels that he's actually worth now. I don't know. But Indomitian Sue, why the hell are you still a free agent? At number four on my why the hell are they still a free agent list, we'll go with the Canadian, the doctor, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. Uh, for those who don't know, he quit the NFL when COVID first started to go work in the hospitals because he's a Canadian and he's a stand-up guy. Uh, he left the Chiefs, and he was a good guard for them. He was a very good starter. He left, came back, played for the Jets. I think he got hurt, but he's still young enough. I don't know what his desire level is with the NFL right now. I mean, he is a fucking doctor. I'm sure he has plenty of other doors open, but he was a good NFL player. He was a very good starting guard in the league. And yeah, why is Laurent Duvernay-Tardif still a free agent? Number three on my why the hell is he still a free agent list uh, was the big offseason move for the Dolphins last year, Will Fuller. Um, he hurt his finger, and that was almost a year ago. I have no idea what happened. I don't know how banged up his finger truly is, but Will Fuller is one of the better receivers in football when he's healthy. I'm shocked that he isn't on a team yet. I guess that finger must be really bad, but... Will Fuller healthy would be a huge add for for any single team in the league right now. Uh, the Browns could use him. There was going to say team him up with Deshaun Watson again, but I have no idea if Watson will play this year, but whatever. The Packers could use him. But yeah, why the hell is Will Fuller still a free agent? Number two on my why the hell are you still a free agent list. J.C. Treader. Uh, so the rumors with J.C. Treader is he might retire. He's contemplating things. I think another reason of why he's still a free agent is he, I've said it before, he's the NFLPA president, which basically means he has to oversee all the rules, meaning it's kind of another coach or a principal in some aspects on the team and kind of gets in the way of team culture, but... Whatever. He's a very good football player. He's one of the better centers in the league last year. Uh, as I mentioned, I think I mentioned at the top of the show that uh, the Browns replacement for him, Nick Harris, is out for the full year. So that seems like a very likely return for J.C. Treader. Maybe since he is the NFLPA president, he wants to avoid the whole Deshaun Watson thing, but... That's me just thinking out loud, but J.C. Treader, why the hell is he still a free agent? Last but not least, at number one on my why the hell are you still a free agent list, 
Uh, Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden is still a... He was a good cornerback for the Steelers last year and the last few years, anyways. Uh, he found his form again. To a certain degree, obviously, he's older, but he's still a good starter. And a lot of teams could use cornerback help, especially someone at Joe Hayden's level. Again, I don't know if he's just old, he doesn't want to go through training camp, he's waiting for the right amount of money, but Joe Hayden, why the hell are you still a free agent? That will do it for another episode of the Cover Zero podcast. Next week, I'm going to finish my divisional breakdowns with the NFC East and the AFC East, and I finally get to talk about my Dolphins, and I cannot wait. So again, if you didn't like anything I said about your team, let me know. Again, we can talk about it, but I just stated why I feel like I'm right. If you can try to change my mind, I welcome it, but I doubt you will be able to. Uh, As always, please like, subscribe, share anywhere you can. Uh, And yeah, until next week, peace. Thank you.